Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I am Adam. And this is episode 26 for the week of October the 13th. Let's point out it's a Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, 2017. On this week's episode, we will review the film Kingsman, Golden Circle. We'll also talk about Star Wars, release their second and last trailer before the movie comes out. Uh, can Tom Cruise get the plane off the ground in American Made? And uh, some coming attractions that will put the fear of horror in you. It may give you some nightmares. May give you some nightmares. Hint, hint. <laughs> it's good to be back this week, Adam, with you on the podcast. And so, man, let's get into some news and notes and uh, what's been happening. How's your week been? What's what's going on, man? It's Friday the 13th. We're in October. It's This is horror movie season. You're in your element, I man. I know. I've been watching a ton of them. It's fun. <laughs> This is the eve of Friday the 13th. We're actually recording it on the 12th. This is when little Jason Voorhees is asleep at the bottom of Camp Crystal Lake and just waiting to rise and wreak havoc. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm so glad those movies went campy because the first one kind of scared the snot out of me. But uh, they got fun after that, I guess you'd say. Yeah. um, And which one did we see at, at the Days of the Dead? Six, seven... It was uh, six. Number six. Yep. Yeah, and it was definitely... That's when it was kind of in its prime. It knew what it was doing. Funny kind of kills. Yep, absolutely. Cheesy story. Absolutely. But the big... uh, One of the big news items this week is uh, we got a new Star Wars trailer. And uh, the second and last trailer. So, um, thoughts about the trailer, Adam? I'm assuming you have seen it. I know you have. I've seen it. Uh, I watched it probably... At least 10, maybe 15 times in a row immediately after it was put online. I watched the, it was during halftime of a terrible football game. And then it was released online. And that's where I really watched it over and over again. And I got to say, I'm, I am really pumped for this movie. I think this is going to be Kylo Ren's movie. I think he's going to, well, I know we get, he gets a lot more screen time, but I think the real story is going to be there more so than Ray or anyone else. I, I I agree with you, and uh, we'll find out how much we agree come December the fourteenth. Uh, <laughs> yep. When we do our post Star Wars uh, podcast that night, and I don't uh, think we're going to record it that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no. that's going to be a long day, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be a long day, and <laughs> it's too hard to do a Star Wars reaction right after. Yeah, we need to wait a couple days, and then because we're going to want to do a regular a regular film coterie podcast. And then we're going to do a spoiler cast on the movie. Right. People may be more interested in the spoiler cast because, look, you're not going to wait to see this movie. Everyone's going to rush the first two, three days. Yep. So. I I have to say, though, that I was a little bit underwhelmed with the trailer. Because I, I, I got, not that I thought that the quality was bad, that the story was bad, the action was bad. But I kind of got this, oh, this is a bait and switch technique. You're trying to fool us with the trailer into thinking X, Y, and Z when actually A, B, and C is going to be happening. From what I've read and what I saw at Celebration, there are some creative twists in this trailer to make characters look like maybe they're talking to each other when they're really not. Yeah, so I would say if you've seen the trailer, let me just say this. Don't read too much into the story of the trailer. Um, You know, there's an implication about... Kylo and and Ray's relationship and and a, a big twist there and 
you know, and Luke and Ray's relationship. And so uh, it looks fun. Ryan Johnson is, um, I think, a pretty hot and up and coming. Is he still up and coming? No, he's He's, not. He's arrived. He's arrived. Yeah. To to say he's up and coming is wrong. But uh, yeah, so I I think it's going to be, well, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And this is the least troubled production. There's no bad stories coming out of here. They're very happy with what Ryan Johnson's done. The reshoots are planned ahead of time and minimal. So this is going to be a good product compared to all the other problems they've had on Star Wars movies. Which which leads me to the question, I wonder why he wasn't offered Episode Nine, and they, they went back into J.J. Uh, Abrams' hands. You know, I guess he started it and he wants to finish the, the trilogy. Thought, well, do, what we thoughts don't, do you have? We don't know that it wasn't offered to him. He's still wrapping up this. Pre-production's well underway. I mean, right now, J.J.'s rewriting episode nine with his crew. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he could have done double duty. He's got to deliver this baby in, in December. I understand. So yeah. I don't I don't know that he could have fit into their production schedule. He'll come back. I mean, I would bet money that he's going to direct a movie in the next saga. Well, yeah, just just put your hats on folks because even though we're <laughs> we're getting ready to see episode 8 and then episode 9's in 2 years or whatever, this is just literally the beginning. <laughs> this is going to be a James Bond-esque saga. Yeah, and I I mean I I fully <laughs> expect there to be another trilogy with these characters. Yep. And I I think Ron Howard may get to kick it off. I bet you he gets a movie of his own that he's not just coming in to plug the holes and fix and make sure it floats. Yep, absolutely. So that's exciting, man. That is, um, uh, I'm just pumped. Star Wars is is a good way and to let's go. Let's tell people what we're doing. We are doing the oh, fan yes, yes. double feature. So we are seeing Force Awakens again, at, and it's at 3 o'clock in our time zone. And then early at 6, we'll be seeing The Last Jedi in the biggest screen in town. And not in 3D this time. Yes. which They're just doing normal yes, projection. Thank you. And uh, the best sound system. Yes, absolutely. So, well, something else you should know. Roger and I wrote down our predictions. Oh yes, we did, and we, we took will, some time this evening. We will post the picture on Facebook. They are sealed away in these envelopes, but we both, unknown to each other, sat down and wrote exactly how we think the movie will go from start. I, I'm to I'm telling you, Adam, I was so inspired. <clears throat> by the time I got to Act Three, I was so inspired by what what I think this movie is going to be that not only did I write all three acts. But I put down what the closing scene, of the, the, the last frame of this movie will be, and the last words that will be uttered in this movie. <laughs> I didn't get into that much detail. I did. That's the only thing I did. I was real general in Act 1. This is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Act 2, I think this is going to happen. Act 3 is going to be the climax of what Acts 1 and 2 were about. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, if I was going to end Acts if I was going to end act number three to lead into episode nine, what would be, in my opinion, the perfect way to do it? And, and once we see the movie and we open this and we laugh at my stupid story. <laughs> this we'll was see. easier to write. If George Lucas was writing this movie, I would have tried to predict where the poop joke would be. Oh, God. Some character would have said poodoo. Yeah. And then maybe he would have had one of those porgs. That's like the space penguin you keep seeing. He might have landed on a thermal detonator and destroyed Snoke's Super Star Destroyer in a moment yeah. of comedy. Yeah, but thank the Lord, George Lucas is 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 the emeritus father of this uh, 
series now. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll open up our envelopes. I have a feeling that you will be much more accurate than I, me. I don't know that I will be. <laughs> but it's going to be fun to open them up and see what we predicted. What I predicted was based on there's now been two trailers. One was a teaser. Now we have a trailer. And also the behind the scenes footage and what we saw at Celebration and Comic Con right. online. So that's my knowledge. And that's what I'm trying to piece together in my head. Mine has been off of just watching the second trailer, what I think is going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, so what else has been happening, Adam? What's any, any other news and notes? What's been what's been going on this week? Um, We'll save it for the coming attractions. We have Nightmares Film Festival this yes. week. I will be posting some preview articles as sort of a field guide to what to expect, what you need to check out. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the closing segment of the show, but... That's really been my focus, has been nightmares. I'm setting up a few interviews, so I've been busy with that. That's going to be fun. Well, as we close out the news and notes segment, I, you know, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up the elephant that's in the room, Hollywood's room right now, and that's Miramax and Harvey Weinstein and all the allegations of uh, sexual assault. And whew, it's just, you know, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here at the end of the news and notes, but. You know, I just felt we had to at least bring it up and at least mention it. Um, I want to get your thoughts. Neither one of us condone any of this behavior. This well, this you, is you just this is this, crazy. The sad thing is none of this is a surprise. I mean, Hollywood's had the myth of the casting couch and everything else for so long. I mean, deep down, we all knew this was happening. So I'm glad. I mean, I think this is the start of the tide. This is changing. I mean, I'm glad yep. everyone's coming forward. I think you're going to see some real change. I mean, there's still going to be issues, but just these people like Weinstein and everyone else that they try to excuse the behavior. Like I grew up in a different era and this is just absolutely terrible stuff. They did. I mean, criminal stuff that they did. Yeah. So, and there's going to be more names coming out. And I think this is important. This is the era of social media. This is what social media could do. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has a voice now. And, and, you know, Adam, I, I think you said it so well. This kind of behavior has got to stop. You know, you know, one of the last gender equality is one of the last hurdles. It, we still have a lot, of big, a lot of big things with racial equality as well, too. But, you know, gender equality has got to has got to come to the forefront. And, and this kind of this this is just blatantly ridiculous. And uh, uh, we at the Film Coterie did not. Can, just this is just abhorrent this kind of behavior and um and these discussions need to be had we have to look at the enablers too it's not just weinstein there's a there had to be people the company knowing what was going on and, and just chose to remain silent yep chose to help him i mean a lot of these cases had him usually with another employee even a female employee as a casting director or someone that he would then send away he had a kind of a honey trap he would lay out all the time and this has gone on for since the late 90s at least. So, I mean, this is the conversations that need to happen. So, that and, this can just be – I mean, these people need to be in fear now of everyone coming forward. Yeah, absolutely. Reverse My, the tables on you know, them. You know, mark it down. It's October the 13th. Just You just watched through the end of this month. I hope the light gets turned on Hollywood and this kind of this kind of – Let's you talk, they talk about the swamp in, in D.C. Let's clean out the cesspool that is Hollywood where this stuff is going on, you know. I mean, I have a daughter, you know, who's growing into womanhood. And this just this just pisses me off and gets me mad when I think of this kind of behavior, you know. Um, 
it, it cannot be tolerated in any in any form and fashion. And you know, it, it got me thinking about even the film coterie, the podcast that we do, and how it would be nice to have a female voice from time to time on here to get, you know, we're just two dudes that go to the films and we have our perspective on things, right. but it would be nice to have a, have a woman's perspective, a lady's perspective, a, a different perspective, maybe on some of these movies that we see. And so, um, I have reached out to some friends and, uh, we're going to, let me just do an open call right here to those that listen to the podcast. If you would be interested in coming on, sharing your perspective, reach out to us on Facebook, you know, reach out to us through social media and, um, expect as we get into, you know, we're going to have a little mini hiatus with some scheduling conflicts the next week or two. But, uh, as we get into November and we get into our regular fall winter schedule, uh, don't be surprised if you don't hear, start hearing some ladies on this podcast from time to time to give us a little bit different perspective. Yeah. I'm and, looking forward to that. I think, it, yeah. I mean, I talked about that earlier too, that, you know, just a different voice would be good. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the better season for it. As we hit award season. Those yes. are the movies worth discussing because the most blockbusters, you could have a stroke during and still be able to explain <laughs> the story to everyone. That's so Half true. a brain, you could figure that movie out. Absolutely. So, uh, so I just want to again. So I just want to applaud the ladies that came forward and were brave enough to do that. My hats off to you. Cheers to you. Uh, I hope that the light comes on and gender equality is where we're. You know, we're really where my heart is. I want to see all of us treated the same as human beings. So um, anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for our news and notes. We have some movies to review. So when we come back, we're going to look at the Kingsman, Kingsman, the golden circle. See what this American, the clash of America and Britain is all about in this movie. So you're listening to the film coterie podcast. We'll be right back. We're from the Kingsman Tailor's Shop in London. Maybe you've heard of us? Today marks the beginning of a new age. Wait, I'm gonna show you. Say goodbye to the Kingsman. I've got a bit of a save the world situation here. Welcome to Statesman. As your American cousins, we'll be working side by side. Let's get started. We've got brains, skills, skipping rope. So. All right, welcome back. Our review this week for the Thursday night movie is for Kingsman, The Golden Circle, the sequel to Kingsman, The Secret Service, which was a kind of surprise hit back in 2014. Yep. Um, if you're not, if it doesn't jog your memory, you don't remember which one. That was the one with Samuel Jackson had a lisp and you had a boy, sort of like My Fair Lady meets James Bond, the, the first one. It's Colin Firth training him how to be a gentleman. And also kill people with gadgets. So that was kind of a fun movie that took everyone by surprise. And here we are three years later. Sequel. Uh, same people behind it. Matthew Vaughn. Almost all the cast has returned. Including Colin Firth. That's not a spoiler. He's in the trailer. Despite his head injury. And this is the second go around. Into what is presumably now a franchise. 
Oh, without if it has any box office success, it it's going to become a franchise. And it's Fox. Fox likes to play it safe and just kind of keep yep. rolling with their projects. So this might be a first for us, and I, I kind of did it on purpose. Roger and I have not discussed this movie. We walked out of the theater, and we didn't share a word about it. And usually we kind of mill about outside yep, the theater for a little word. bit and discuss. <laughs> so I don't know what Roger's thinking. He doesn't know what I'm thinking. Now, for some necessary background information, I like the first one. I'm fully in the camp that's a fun movie. And Roger has a different opinion. Well, the first movie I hated, and... um and I, I've kind of voiced that on this podcast in earlier episodes. <laughs> to, to you and Matt's great shock, I think the first time you both just lauded the movie and how fun it was and you enjoyed it. And I said, well, I just hated that movie, you know. And you, you're like, what? You know, kind of a deal. Um, but you specifically hated the end. I, I hated from the latter half of the second half, and I hated the whole third act of the movie. Right. I, to me... I was excited the way this movie started, the first movie. We're talking about Secret Service. Right. What I liked about this movie, I love that James Bond British spy world. I love it. You know, and I thought, oh, we're going to get a... I wasn't looking for a campy, over-the-top, we're going to make fun of, you know, some of these things. And... As the movie went on, I laughed less, was ultimately not just, I just did not enjoy literally the ride of the movie, you know, and thought it just, to me, it, I just thought it went over the top and became ludicrous, you know, kind of a deal. And so I just really walked out of the theater thinking, boy, that movie started off with some real promise and went in a tank from my perspective, you know. I know that you and you you and and many other people have had a lot different perspective on the film. But as far as the universe and the characters, you're okay with them. I I do. I like the universe. I like the characters. I I, I love Colin Firth and that mentoring. And I think what pissed me off so much about the first movie is how they took him from elder statesman and turned him into buffoon killing machine that was possessed and. You know, one of the things that's there's definitely a theme that resonates in both of these movies. And there's a glorification of what I'll just call death in these movies. They like to have people be killed. And I don't know what that I, I'm I'm really mixed as to what their message is, what, what they're, you know. Um, and I'm trying to reconcile how I can love a Kill Bill which glorif- which has a lot more death in it than one of these films, but I struggle with the way they do these. It's kind. Of, I don't know these, and maybe it's just a taste thing. Now I will say this. Okay, I will say this. I will say this. I thought this movie was an improvement on the first one. Okay. Now, if I thought the other one was horrible, this one was just abysmal, in my opinion. Well, let me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I did. I, I was not a fan of the second one either, but I did see some improvement. And, and okay, me, maybe let me jump in. Yeah, real jump, quick. J- yeah, yeah, yeah. Give your give because you guys have a whole different perspective on how these movies are done and what they're about. You know. So, in the first movie, this is a this is a very typical um, spy movie kind of first entry in a series setup. Your three acts are very clear. The discovery of the new character, learning about him. Second act is all the training. 
third act is the first mission. That's how every first spy movie goes. Unless right. you're Jason Bourne, you have amnesia, but yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's your very traditional yes. setup. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to stand in a plot in the first movie, and we're going to spoil the first movie. It's been out. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to get spoiled. So when Colin Firth has the implant that makes him go crazy, you have the hero mentor murder 50 people in a church. Over the top, awesome. I mean, he's smashing church ladies in the face. They're trying to stab him. I wanted to stand in a plot because it's just kind of like a... I can't believe they went there. Like that's that takes balls, and I mean that's such a scene. And then it's just it becomes the spy movie of these pulpy books I read as a kid. It's not Johnny Quest. There's another book. I'll have to look it up, where the kid was like the secret, he the son of a rich inventor and all these crazy adventures. And there's always a a villain in a volcano layer, and then boom, volcano layer. So it just went for it, and that's what I loved about the movie because I didn't see that coming. I kind of went in cold. So that's what really worked for me for the first movie. Yeah, I did. I did too. And I totally can rec, I I understand that perspective. You know, to me, to me, I can't, I can't decide if this movie is this movie, James Bond, or is this movie Austin Powers? You see what I'm saying? It's like Austin Powers is the ludicrous naked gun, spoofy, you know, comedy over the top. The closest comparison I've had before and we've talked about this is this movie is Cabin in the Woods. If you go to horror, this is a movie very aware of no, what it is. No, it, this movie is not. Cabin in the Woods is is a work of Mozart compared to these movies. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's the same kind of thing where it's very aware of the structures and the nature of the meta, of whatever the spy movie meta is, and then it's going to play with it. So that's what the first one was. Okay. Because it, it goes for it, too. It's going to give you all the zaniness. Like, I can't believe they're doing that. And that's, I mean, that's what Kingsman, the first one, was. Right. This is like a live action, I don't know, cartoon. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, without spoiling this movie, okay, there are just so many scenes in that movie. I just shook my head and said, wow, they actually went, they actually did that. Okay, you know, um, you know, certain bad guy tropes and certain spies and double spy tropes and weaponry that is nowhere set in reality. I mean, I I hope this isn't in the trailer, but like we're getting I'm going to spoil just a tiny nothing about the plot, which there really is no plot in this movie. But (laughs) anyway. You know, we've got lightsaber lassos now. I mean, really? I, I just... That's in the trailer. Him cutting the okay. guy in half with the lasso. I thought it was. I thought I remembered seeing that in a one of our trailers on a Thursday night. These movies are just not for me. And here's what makes me mad. This movie started to suck me in a little bit in the beginning. I thought it's a little bit more heart and, you know, okay. And while the young kid has grown and matured and he's got in a relationship, you know. Because in the first movie... He takes this ghetto kid off the streets. It's of, my fair lady. Yeah, off the streets of London, and he turns him into a gentleman. You know, and I like that. I love. I, lo- I want to see a more actual, real movie of that. You know, um, they just always in the sec end of the second act and that whole third act, they just go way over. I mean, just like way over the top and. Was there anything in this movie, Adam, that had... Any, was there any meaning to anything in this movie? 
did anything have any real meaning in this second movie? I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't find any, you know, I had no fear of our heroes dying because if they die, if they die, they'll, you know, we don't really know if they do die because we thought they died in the first, you know, there's no fear of real death. There's no gadget they cannot create to defy every law of physics now. And, and, and there's no acrobatic ability that they don't have. They're like, they, they turn into, you know, metahuman superheroes in this movie. And, and I'm just like, man, you can make, from my taste only. Now, there's going to be a lot of people who love these movies. But from my taste only, you could make this same movie and tailor and bring draw it back and put just a little bit of actual real s- s- plot or story plot in it let's just say plot and you'd have a great movie but to me because i i think i get so angry about these movies is because i'm like i think i might actually like this one and then i'm like oh my gosh so anyway not a fan of all of the golden circle did not like it at all when you compared it to the first one, did you think this one was better overall? Yes. It seemed a little bit more packed in, you know? Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, it's... I mean, it's like they're talking about something and then they show up in another part of the world instantly. I mean, it's just... You have to literally completely... Dis- suspend any belief of anything in this movie you know i mean (laughs) i i want to spoil some things in this movie but i won't do it but there's a character who shows up in this movie that has a prominent role throughout this movie and i'm like oh okay and i thought well maybe this is meant you know maybe this is meant to be funny and and I, i will say i did chuckle a time or two you know there are some some decent bits in this movie um, I just think you have all of these, all of these actors in this together. And this is the product of that. You know, I'm just, oh, I was just disappointed me. Well, let me, let me give a few of my thoughts here. Yes, please. Bring me back in here. I did not like this movie at all. I thought it was actually much worse than the first one. And I like the first one. I, I appreciate the first one. It's just kind of a fun ride. Like, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh. This one I didn't like at all, to be honest with you. And this felt like a case of too much of too much. This is them playing with all the tools in the in the basket. And they had, I don't know what the budget on this movie was, but... You know, when it's almost unlimited to the director, well, and it's, it's you know, you know, you know, when they show up in in America and they meet the statesman, all this is in trailers. This is no secret. You know, it's obvious the statesman have an unlimited budget because of how I'm talking about the movie, but but even the movie itself, <laughs> I, the mo- no, I, I'm saying the story of the unlimited budget of the statesman is a reflection of the unlimited budget they must have had to make this thing. And there was just so many things that frustrated me because one, I mean, I like the opening. I, I really like the way the car scene was shot. You see it in the trailer. There's a opening battle in kind of a car chase. Vaughn has kind of perfected this faux handheld close-up action shots where he's using CG to move between the cuts. 
where you can go from the front seat to the back seat and kind of a herky-jerky motion, but it all seems like it's happening in real time where he's not cutting away. And see, I like this. He he did it really well in the final battle, too, uh, where it's just you're seeing all angles of the fight. And it's all CG moving from the camera positions, but he's doing kind of a trick where it seems faux handheld. Um, right. So, I mean, I was, I was very pumped after the first car chase. I like that a lot. And then when the story gets going, the second act is terrible. I mean, I might have liked the second act better in the Fast and the Furious movie, but I'll have to even remember what it was. Because this means nothing. Whatever they did, they go to the Glastonbury Music Festival. It's all pointless. And, and believe me, Colin Firth has nothing to do in this movie. If you actually removed him as a character, it doesn't change a thing. Dude. And maybe they brought him back at a concern for the box office. He was one of the best parts of the first movie. But he has nothing to do here. It doesn't matter if he's in the movie at all. The statesmen have very little to do. Yeah, it, it, the the one decent character in the statesman that I was kind of into got sidelined. Got sidelined for the whole movie. The one guy that has any kind of character to him. Anyway, yeah. so I mean, this is a truly atrocious second act. And then it comes back. They try to do a. Mm, it it kind of replaced some of the stuff from the the first movie with the villain's lair. Oh yeah. But I enjoyed the fight. It made me laugh. There's a good cameo. We won't spoil. It made me laugh quite a bit. He shows up a few times. Um, there's other problems with this movie. He now has a love interest. It's the princess from the first movie. And you know what? She's gonna get put in peril. That happens oh, yeah. in every movie, but it's so dumb in this one. It's so dumb. Because I thought they were going to go a different way with it, because they're talking about why maybe spies don't have relationships, and especially with Colin First character saying he has no one, because that's a weak point. That's how they'll hurt you and hurt others. She's right. not put in peril in that way at all. It's just another dumb dumb plot. The overall plot's terrible. The whole I was going to say, the overall entire mechanic of the world being put into peril was ridiculous. I, walking in, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how the world was. I did. I didn't know either. And before that, if someone had said that's actually the plot to the new Triple X movie, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That'd be more in line with what I'd expect Vin Diesel to saving people from. <laughs> the longer I think about this movie, I just shake my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the idea that the villain of the story could rise to that level of power with that much control over the whole planet without ever nobody even knowing who she... I'm sorry, Adam. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to spoil the movie. No, I mean, it's it's all dumb. It's really dumb. Yeah. There may be a message in here about pro-drugs, anti-drugs, but it's all muddled. It's all muddy. I don't know um, if it's pro-drug, anti-drug, you know. The action's well shot. There's some laughs. But overall, this is a much, much weaker film than the first one. And I, I think it actually kind of ruins the first one a little bit in my mind. And I don't care if they make another one. I mean, I'm, I'm now disinterested in the franchise. Yeah. I, 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 you got all those actors, and I think you have the potential for something good. And it just, yeah, it was not good. So, I don't know what else. To say. I wish I could be... Okay, what's something positive? It's very special effecty. Even though I'll disagree with the car scene, there were two times in the car scene at the beginning that I thought the special effects were terrible in the movie. I mean, like, super fake looking in the movie. And I was like, oh, oh. And, I was, and thank goodness they got their stuff together and it looked a lot better as we went out as we went through the movie. But 
Yeah. So it's a big it's a big no for both of us as far as it I is. recommend. I know. <laughs> and here's the thing. I mean, I know you don't read a lot of comics. These these movies are all coming from comics based on Mark Miller stuff. And that's his this is what he does. Like Mark Miller did kick ass. He did Wanted, if you remember that one with Angelina Jolie where they can curve the bullets. Um Oh, okay, and then so, this. Okay, so, so I mean that's so, so, so we're in the Miller universe. So you just saying that puts it in a little better perspective. See, I had no idea that these were even comic book movies. They're just called the Secret Service, right? You, you know, and so you just saying that. Okay, if this is then a fantastical world in the comic book in the Secret oh, yeah. Service. So okay, yeah, that puts the first movie in a slightly better light, but there's no excuse for the hot mess that was the second movie. And the thing is, I mean, there's never been a good sequel made on the Miller property. Like, Kick-Ass 2 was really bad. I mean, atrociously bad. The Wanted sequel never got off the ground. And they were going to bring Angelina Jolie back in that one. And remember, she got shot in the head. It's just a fear of the box (laughs) office without a main cast member, I guess. And now we have Kingsman turning in a lackluster sequel. Yes. So... Anyway, I think that's going to be enough said about the Kingsman. I, you know, if you're if you have see something else, <laughs> well, I mean, always reach out to us on social media. Post on our Facebook page. If maybe, you maybe you loved it, I mean, there might be someone out there that hated yes. the first one and loved this one, or, or maybe think this one's better. I mean, we want to hear your perspective. It's not just us. Yeah. I mean, it's worth having yeah. a talk. But like I said, I was I was pretty much wholly disappointed in this one. I I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to review another film, Tom Cruise uh, piece called American Made. So let's get ready to time travel back to the 80s on the Film Coterie podcast. Thank you for coming to see me. Sir, I think there's been some sort of mistake here because I uh, these fellas just picked me up at the airport. No, and no, I, no mistake. Just please... Have a seat. Coffee, Mr. Seal? You know my name? Very gringo who flies to Central America every week. Taking pictures very low with your fancy plane. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, those photos, see, I have a uh, aviation company here yes. in South America. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. Or is it CIA? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm just a businessman here. I'm a businessman. Imports, exports, cattle, horses. But now, now God above has blessed this great country with new riches, Mr. Seal. And you could help us. How's that? You know the routes. You can get in and out of Estados Unidos with your fancy plane. What, What kind of riches are we talking about here? All right, and we are back, and um, I wanted to bring up another movie, Adam, that I had the chance to see. Uh, I had about three hours to kill. I had to drop off my kids in Dublin for a um, for an event and had about three hours to kill. We are both MoviePass subscribers, so we can do one free, me- one free movie a month for... A day. One free movie a day for the month. It's easy for me to say, right? And so I thought, well, I'll just... Uh, and so here's the cool thing. I discovered this quaint little theater in Dublin that 
is literally hidden away. An AMC 12 or 10 or 14, I forget what it is. But it's a cool little theater, you know, very nice, very clean, very, I mean, just very, you know, and it would look like it was in like a little strip mall, but actually that strip mall was the whole movie theater. The first five years I lived in Columbus, that was the only theater I went to. Great little theater. I used to live off Bethel Road. And it's all, you know, they've uh, updated the seats, all, all you know, individual assigned seating, leather chairs, you know, recliners, the whole nine yards. So on a whim, I was going to go see um, Blade Runner 2049 again because I just so loved that movie. But the way the times fell, I was going to be about a half hour late picking up my kids. So I thought, well, oh, what the heck? I'll just go see American Made. I, like many other people, um, I'm not a Tom Cruise hater. I'm able to separate his personal life and his politics and his religion from his acting ability. So I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I like his movies generally. And uh, and so Doug Liman, who did Edge of Tomorrow, which it's no longer called that, but anyway, the movie... Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, which I really liked Edge of Tomorrow and I liked Tom Cruise. Um, and it's a, it's a biopic or a biopic. Let me point out something. How come when I have to go see a movie by myself, it's King Arthur, <laughs> The Mummy... <laughs> Some other one I'm forgetting now. And you get to go see American Made, which has received pretty favorable reviews. Which I found out afterwards has gotten pretty decent reviews. Yeah, that's, this isn't exactly fair. So, so, so let me give you the quick and dirty. American Made is the story of Barry Seal, an American pilot who became a drug runner for the CIA in the 1980s in a clandestine operation that would be exposed as the Iran-Contra affair. If you remember Ollie North... You remember the Bushes, you remember Reagan, the whole, you know, George H.W. Uh, Bush Sr. was head of the CIA before he became vice president. Um, and so the movie takes starts off in the late 70s and goes through 1986 or 87. And it literally is the story of a TWA pilot who is recruited to run guns down to Central America to help the uprising. And in the process, they say, well, hey, while you're down here, why don't you run Coke back north? (laughs) We'll pay you cash to run Coke back north. And as long as the CIA, his handler says, well, as long as you are delivering the guns to the south, I don't care what you bring back. So basically, this guy is making money going down and making money come back. And... Of course, who better, and, and, and from what I have read since I saw this movie, Barry Seal had a larger-than-life personality to begin with. He was one of those guys that just walks in a room and just kind of is immediately the center of attention. So who better to play this character than Tom Cruise, who is a larger-than-life personality himself? You know? And his CIA contact is played by Dom Hall Gleason, right? General Hux yes, from yes. Episode 7? Yep, absolutely. How, how's he in this movie? He's really good. He 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 balances that line between he's a lower level CIA agent that's willing to do whatever he can to get promoted in the CIA. So as long as he's, you know, at first when they first, you know, and I don't there's nothing to spoil. Okay, this is a movie you can't spoil. It's a biopic, it's a biopic. 
you know this is what he does. I mean, the trailers do this. So knowing that he smuggles guns down and brings Coke back is not a, you ruined the movie. No. Right. The the enjoyment of the movie is seeing how it's actually done. And one one of the things that that he does, uh, what was his name, Gleason? Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason, is he really balances this, I don't care what you do, to, as long as you get the guns down, you get the pictures that I need of the of the Contras, you know, and you get me the goods so that I can look good for my CIA, CIA boss. So he kind of plays this kind of, you know, swarthy, not really ethical CIA guy himself, you know. And I wish he'd seen Sicario because Brolin kind of plays a similar role in that movie. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'd, I'd like so. to compare the two, actually. But... um. So overall, um, I liked American Made. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the um, uh, the the way it was told. It, it it you know I grew up as a as a teenager in the eighties. So all of this you know the Iran Contra, uh, the war on drugs. You know Nancy Reagan, let's fight drugs. All of that is stuff I remember from my late childhood, teenage years into adulthood. You know. And they do a great job of transporting you back to that time. The movie is told from um, Barry Seal's perspective with the VHS camera in front of him, and it's told kind of in flashback with him talking to a VHS camera. Is it linear, like from start to finish, or they jump around in the story? It's pretty much linear. Um, They do jump around a little bit right in the beginning. Like they go from 1978 back to 1973, to kind of show you how the drug movement got started. And then they flash forward to 86. And then, so it's told from 86 back to 78 and then forward 86 back to 79, 86 back to 80, that kind of thing. Um, and it's literally a hilarious yet sobering ride. I mean, to be able to handle a subject that's really just almost unbelievable that, our country, and this is a true story. I mean, you can go read the facts. This stuff happened. You know, Barry Seal was being, he was arrested. He was raided by the DEA, the FBI, the CIA. I mean, all of these agencies, the the the, the uh, Louisiana State, <laughs> State uh, Police Force, they all were after him at the same time. And the dude just kept slipping out. I mean, he, he was one of those guys that, could fall in crap and, and 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 come up smelling like roses kind of deal. How's the pacing on a movie like this? I sometimes worry about the the biopic style where you can just real drag for now, a while. Now, I will say this, it's almost overpaced. It's almost okay. too quick. No time to breathe. There is no time to breathe. I mean, you literally boom and then it's boom a year later, then boom a year later after. I mean, it's really at a breakneck pace because that's kind of how that trade operated. That's kind of how it was. So you get into this linear motion and time just passes. I will say that his uh, Sarah Wright plays his wife and I have to commend her because this is a throwaway role. Yeah. The, 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 the stay at home wife that's going to have the babies and raise the kids yet. She spices it up a little bit. She brings something to it. She, she has, it. she, she makes you know, she 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 makes Tom Cruise or Barry Sill okay. Yeah, I want to come home. You know, um, and so I, I think she really kind of brought something good to this film. Where in a very thankless, very 
typical woman Hollywood story kind of a role, you know. All right. The question for any Tom Cruise movie, the guy loves to see himself run on camera. Does he have any scenes in this where he runs? So I went in thinking, is there are there any running scenes? And the answer is yes, but for no longer than about three seconds. You know, it's like a run across the street thing. Oh, it's so, disappointing. So, yeah. So there's no, hey, here's Tom Cruise, you know, um, you know, running all across town, being chased by the cartel. N- none of that really at all, to be to be honest with you. Um, I will say that Barry Seal in person is not, looks nothing like Tom Cruise does in this movie. And as, and as much, lo- I mean, Barry Seal appears to be 6'3", 6'4", 250, 260. Uh, when I say he's a larger than life, he appears to be a larger than life personality, you know. And so I don't know if Tom Cruise was trying to, and his real Barry Seal's real story is somewhat different than the Hollywood Hollywood version of it, where he's more much more glamorized in the Hollywood version. But you know what? Here's what I would say: Don't read anything about Barry Seal. Go see the movie, and then afterwards read read the bio. Yeah, I think that's usually a more interesting way to do about these movies. Yeah, because it's interesting the comparison between the two. All right. Well, it's on my list. I don't know that I'll get to it before it leaves theaters, but once it's on streaming or HBO or whatever, I'm got, definitely you, watching it. You gotta love the movie pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe. I mean the ability to be able to say, "Oh, I got two hours here to kill." There's, oh, there's a, there's only a theater two miles down the road. I'm gonna run down and see something. And there's a lot of movies right now, and I'm I'm like I said, I'm heading into nightmares where I may see ten plus or more. Yes, more absolutely. So I would recommend American Made. Um, it's it's educational. It's fun. There's a lot of there's some very tense scenes in the movie, yet almost played with a comical edge that makes them interesting to watch and stuff. Um, and I enjoy Tom Cruise. I think that he uh, brings a certain something to the movies that I just enjoy uh, enjoy his films. So yeah. All right, I think that's going to wrap us up for that segment. When we come back, um, we're just kind of mentioning our coming attractions, what's happening on the film coder in the weeks to come. Okay, and we are back for our last segment, Coming Attractions. And Adam, so what do we have coming up? I know we have uh, a festival in our own backyard here. Uh, Yeah, I am preparing my mind, body, and soul to get ready for nightmares because it's a rough four days, I'll be honest with you. Um, It kicks off Thursday, and I'll be doing that from 7 to 2 a.m. Oh, my goodness. And then Friday, all day. We start at 10 a.m., my friend. And that goes till 2 a.m. House Shark is the midnight on Friday. I'm excited to see. And then Saturday. Saturday's the day that'll break you. Starts at 10. And this is the one that goes to 4 a.m. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah. uh, I'm preparing survival bags. So tell us about that. I'm excited about this. I won't spoil all the contents, but you'll want to come find me at the Gateway um i'll announce it there too and it'll be on their facebook but i have these bags that at least have a red bull probably some chocolate in them a couple other funny little things 
it'll help power through the uh, the hard hours <laughs> on Saturday. So make sure you find me. I'll be the guy walking around with the the bags have the they're barf bags. They have the little vomiting emoji on them. Nice. So they're easy to spot. Neon nice. green. I like it. But um, I don't want to spoil too much yet. I'm working with uh, three or four directors for some interviews. We're going to release them as micro episodes. Yeah, little mini episodes. Um, I absolutely. don't know the timing of those releases yet because next week's crazy. But we're going to get some good content and we'll put that out. Sounds great. So if you live in the Columbus Central Ohio, if you live in Ohio, man, and you like horror films. Our friends over at Days of the Dead. This is worth driving for. Yes. I said it there. Come on, Louisville. You're only three hours away. Yeah. Come represent. Only thing I'm disappointed about, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is that I'm not going to get to attend. I already had scheduled to be out of town that weekend. So next year, next year for sure, absolutely. So and something else, uh, Sunday night, I'm dragging a bunch of people to brawl, to brawl in Cell Block 99. I saw this movie at Fantastic Fest. I loved it. This is the most violent, crowd-pleasing movie I have ever seen. I mean, this is brutally violent. So I'm dragging a bunch of my friends Sunday night. We're going to get some pizza. They're going to see this movie, and I'm going to share the love. Awesome. Sounds You will great. never look at Vince Vaughn the same way after you see this movie. <laughs> so you tell us, right? It's out now. Um, a lot of theaters have, well, not a lot, but if you're lucky to have an indie theater, they probably have it this week, and I can't recommend enough that you go see it. Awesome. Be prepared for the violence. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the film Coterie. Adam, how can they reach us in social media? We're on Twitter. Our handle is at Film Coterie on Twitter. Uh, the best way to reach us is on Facebook. If you just go to facebook.com backslash Film Coterie, there's our page. Like us, follow us, message us, tell us what you watch, give us your opinion. Maybe you like Kingsman and we're wrong. Tell us. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up. And uh, you guys have a great, great week. Go to the movies, see something, give us some feedback, and we'll see you next time on the Film Coterie Podcast. <laughs>